Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of HT A Third Culture Kid, where I as a third culture kid share my experiences, thoughts, and conversations. Um, today I catch up with my good friend John, uh, and we talk about a Netflix show named DP, which stands for Deserter Police. And the show is about a group of military members in the South Korean military that uh, track down and find and then arrest uh, deserters of the South Korean military. But the show isn't really about the desert police themselves, but more about the deserters and the reasons behind why they desert the military. Um, and one of the reasons that's prominently portrayed in the show is bullying and harassment in the South Korean military. Um, and you see just a lot of the harsh, harrowing experiences um, that some of the South Korean military members have had to suffer. Um, John and I talked about this, and he you know, was particularly engaged with this Netflix show because he himself went to the South Korean military, and he related to um, or understood some of the things that DP was portraying. Um, so, yeah, we discussed his thoughts, his thoughts, his experiences, and hope you guys enjoy. And around the record... Welcome back to another episode of HC A Third Culture Kid. John, how have you been? I have been good. Thank you. So you just take a nap. You just took a nap, huh? No, it's Chuseok in Korea, so I've been helping with the cheon and making food and stuff. Oh, you're right. It yeah. is Chuseok. Chuseok well, is Korean Thanksgiving. Yeah, so I'm going to be gone on the hour today. Okay, okay. You got to go. Yeah. Help, help prepare all the food still? Yep. Who's coming? No one, it's still kind of, I mean, they're allowed to come, but we just kind of did it like in the nuclear family basis this year. You know, it's still COVID, so <laughs> don't want to get around too much. Yeah, that makes sense. What are, what are you making? Uh, chon, you said? I'm doing, we're going to have some chon, probably some kalbi. Not too much since there aren't that many people. I mean, since there's no one really coming over or we're not really going anywhere. So it's just our family. Nice. So, yeah. Kind of basic stuff, I guess. Nice. Yeah. Well, I shared... Um, I'm trying to get this podcast out a little bit oh, really? more. Slowly. I, I'm not like such a newbie at like social media marketing kind of. But, like, you know, um, yeah, I, I feel like I should say it now, too. But, you know, I took the LSAT going to law school, right? Mm-hmm. On Reddit, there's, like, a forum for, like, law school admissions. Where you can, I, like, I, yeah, I'd expect results. there to be one. Yeah, Reddit, I guess, has everything. Every human mm-hmm. interest, modern social interest, um, you'll find it on Reddit. But, yeah, so I just shared up a recap of my admissions result. Um and I also just plugged my podcast in there. <laughs> so, yeah. How shameless of you. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like I need to explain myself. Put my admissions result. Guys, I'm also putting my podcast. <laughs> it is what it is. All right, all right. That's good. That's cool. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And I don't resulted in too many like listens, but just getting, getting my name, um, who I am out there a little bit, and then sharing my podcast and then i'm trying to like get on twitter as well a little bit but wow, all twitter. these things are like so new to me so yeah twitter's a big step man twitter's a big step 
Yeah. I mean, it was like just a, a few clicks. It was just a few mouse clicks. I know. Yeah. Build, I mean, like maintaining one is apparently pretty stressing. Yeah. I'm realizing, like, if you want to be very active in it, like, you have to put in quite some time in it, yeah, which isn't ideal. Yeah. But anyway, still learning, still learning all the steps. Oh, I also have a website. We have a website running right now on the pod for the podcast. Wow. Yeah. But again, I don't know how to, I gotta, I gotta learn how to promote it, but all, um, I guess this is kind of like meta conversation for the podcast, all the things I'm doing for the podcast. Yeah. I'll keep you up to date, uh, updated on it. Oh, uh, no, you, you don't have to, like, I'll just come in whenever you've summoned me and then say a couple words and leave for another couple weeks. <laughs> That's how this works. Yeah. It's like a rotating door. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm still figuring all that stuff out. Maybe I should share like what I did in the beginning a little bit. And then maybe like a few months from now, I can share like everything I did to kind of you like should, yeah, just have a, a have a have a podcast explaining podcast. Yeah, there's like a lot of those already. Yeah, I should yeah, probably are. listen to one of those too. But I'm like, yeah, I'm supposed to kind of be familiar with, familiar with like social media, you would think as a millennial, but I'm kind of still like a neophyte. I got tired anyway, of social media pretty easy, quickly. I, do you consider Kakao social media? Uh, I don't really use it to like look up histories of people. I just kind of use it to talk. So I guess it's just a chat. Just a I, chat. I, I, it's like, it's like a, yeah. It's like a convenient yeah. text messaging app for me. Yeah. Oh, I do used it to like Dutch pay. Do you call it Dutch pay in America? I don't know. Split payment. Yeah. Split payment. Oh, Kakao has a payment um, app as well. Uh, That too. But I, otherwise we just, you know, one person pays for the bill and then we just Kakao money, pay them the right, right. You can pay portion. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Here we have something called Venmo. We, I usually use Venmo. Well, Kakao has um, it's kind of monopolized a lot of the services. Yeah, the government's like, yeah, you're doing too much because they like went into a lot of like random ass stuff, like flower delivery too. I'm just like, shouldn't you leave that to like okay, the mom and pops they, stores as well? But they, but but they they did came up with it on their own, right? It's not like they acquired the company. Oh no, no, they acquired 96 companies in the last three years. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. So that's why the government's like, yeah, okay, we. Why would you, we gotta... don't you doesn't doesn't the government have to like approve an acquisition before? There is, have... there is, but the cacao is not classified as a conglomerate, although it act kind of the, works like what the acquisitions only the acquisitions regulation only applies to conglomerates. No, there's a different regulation for conglomerates, and then they it's, oh, they work based on like a startup IT. They're kind of still somewhat categorized as an IT startup field so there they there were a little more leniency on their department so <laughs> the, the government startup like, field makes 96 acquisitions the best yeah so that's why everyone was like yeah something's not right and you know uh yeah that's a story for another day and it's owned by down actually cacao bought down i think it's more cacao well, bought down it's not yeah, the other way around yeah it's kind of i mean down did buy cacao but then it kind of like cacao just like you know changed became what? the main thing but legally, Daum still owns Kakao. No, like no, on no. Contracts. No, no that even no, that yeah. changed. Yeah. What? Kakao is the main. Kakao is the main. Kakao is like the alphabet, and then 
of Google kind of. You know how Google and Google is technically Alphabet. Yeah, but didn't download Quiet Cacao. Yeah, long ago. But then they reorganized <laughs> it. No, they the reorganization as far as I. Oh I'm my aware. god, that's crazy! It's, it's like a parasite. Gonna... Yeah, yeah. It's like a parasite gets inside a host and it dominates the host. Yeah, wow. there, there's a, a lot story. of talk about the company nowadays wow. because. Wow, that's crazy. That's a that's that's pretty wild. Yeah, we could talk about the whole big two in Korea, Naver and Kakao, and their weird relationship with one another. Wow. It's pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, I guess those are the rivals, huh? Yeah, it's funny how Kakao, like, completely beat out Naver in terms of you know. Like, no, not the search engine. No, not the search engine, but chatting yeah. application and that stuff. Neighbor and, had a chatting application? Yeah, Line. That's Line? Yeah, Line is Neighbor's chatting application. Oh, I had no idea because it's so much more popular in Japan. Exactly, right? So Korea, I mean, Kakao completely dominated Korea. So Neighbor had to look outside and then they were like, you know what? Fuck it, oh, I'm going to Japan. <laughs> that's what prompted their move to go to yeah, Japan. Not then, like, oh, they were just successful. They just happened to be successful in Japan. They just Yeah, and so they just started, took everything Kakao did in Korea and then just implemented in Japan, Taiwan, and then some Southeast Asian countries. So now they make much more money. <laughs> yeah, because Japan's a bigger market. Yeah, and yeah. add that with Taiwan and other Southeast Asian countries that have much more bigger population. Interesting. So, yeah. Wow. I, I, yeah, you're right. Sounds like a very interesting story. Yeah, we could talk about it later. It's really funny. Their, their, their dynamic is very interesting. Dude, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, wow. I'm still baffled at like how Kakao has grown so fucking much. I know. Who they didn't thought? start. They weren't like. It was a startup in the beginning, and then it yeah, it was so much purely I mean, a startup. Like, when did they start? Maybe twenty. 2000, no, no, it started in like 2009 or something. 2009, it's still yeah. startup times. Interesting, yeah. And then they were like really quiet for like a couple of years, and then in like 2012 they started catching. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think, yeah it's like around like after 2010. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So they started like, growing really fast. And Line existed before. I think Line was. I, I don't know. No, I remember seeing commercials for Line and Kakao around the same time. Same time. Around like 2009, 2010. And then yeah. those commercials were literally just like dissing each other. It's really funny. I remember <laughs> seeing a commercial of like Lion integrating a cacao bean, like literally from a cacao plant. Uh-huh. Like, you know, it's <laughs> portraying it's portraying cacao, the company, right? Uh-huh. And then Lion was dissing. All right, we're on the record. So, you know how the, they made a dissing commercial. Like it, it was in like the beginning of when these chatting apps started to like take on traction. And then... Line implemented like the voice feature where you could record your voice and then send it to the other user. Right. And the Kakao yeah. hadn't implemented that yet. And oh. then so they were dissing like like a gagged Kakao seed and going like, you can't talk, shut up or something like that. And I remember seeing oh, that was like a weird commercial. But yeah, I, I, I remember also paying more attention because Sonyashita was the uh, the celebrity they used for that commercial. For Line? Yeah. Oh my god! So I think I think Line I think Line may have been stronger back then. What happened? I, I mean, I we can, we can say that for another podcast. Yeah. But all interesting background and uh, I guess a teaser for the next podcast. All right. Well, speaking of regulation and governmental things, uh, we're we wanted to talk about um, a, a Netflix series that came out called DP. It stands for Desert Police, and it uh, it's a fictional account, and it follows 
to, I mean, follows the army, but specifically like um, a group within the army called the DP. I don't know if it's called the force, but these other polices who um, who track and find and arrest uh, people who desert the Korean army. Um, so it's a pretty popular, it was a pretty popular Netflix series. I don't see it like in my popular on Netflix list anymore, but it was pretty popular. Um, and then John here has gone to the military and then there are there are areas in this Netflix series that he like related to. Um, actually, John, yeah, why don't you share your background a little bit in the military and then like your thoughts on the Netflix yeah, series? Yeah, so I'm not going to go into like what I served and what I did too much because yeah, that could be an identifying factor. Yes. But I, did, I was in the quote-unquote frontier, I guess you could say. Since I was in the, the, the civilian demarcation line, which yeah. is different from the military demarcation line, is I believe it's a 10 kilometer range across the border between South Korea and North Korea, where technically civilians aren't allowed to settle, but there are families in there technically. And there is actually a school in there too. But Wait, that's you on, were on the, or the military demarcation line? No, the, the military demarcation line is literally the center point of the DMZ. Uh-huh. So if we look at the DMZ, it's two kilometers wide. And what's the DMZ? It's the demar- demilitarized zone. Okay. That's the heavily militarized zone between North Korea and South Korea, where they have all those fences and you know cannons and artillery and mines all over the place. Right. So it's kind of uh, like the border between the two. Yeah, that's it's not it's not kind of it is literally the border is between the, border. the two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's literally the border, but it's a two mi- it's a two kilometer zone. That stretches no. from the east to the, I mean, west to east from the, along the Korean Peninsula. Yeah. And the demarcation line is the actual line between the two countries. So each country has like a kilometer between across each, across the demarcation line. And then that's the DMZ. So we have one kilometer of the DMZ and they have one kilometer of the DMZ. And then from there, we go so about. Wait, so on the east side, it's like somebody owns that and the west side, somebody else owns that? No, it's north and south. You said it's two. I, I exactly. Yeah, yeah two, two kilometers two, up. Two kilometers up and down. Like two kilometers north and and one. The whole oh, zone. I see, the I whole see, zone see, is two kilometers. There's I a see. middle line separating. You know, got one it, kilometer it. each, and it's north got and it, south. It. Nothing's it, divided it. east and west in Korea. Okay, <laughs> it's all north and south. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I was doing my geometry. Yeah. I was like drawing a line from east to west. Like, wait, that's two kilometers, and he split it like one kilometer each. No, you're saying it's two kilometers vertically. It just stretches. Uh, it's not. Oh, uh, it's not. The, it's not that border runs east to west two kilometers long. It just goes all the way. Oh yes, east the west. border <laughs> runs much longer than two <laughs> kilometers. Yeah. Uh, I never. When you always said that, I was like, wait, is it really just two kilometers? No, oh, that's it is. That's so thin. <laughs> what kind tiny. of country is two kilometers? <laughs> okay, anyway, okay. point being. Okay, okay, understand. It, I I was in the DMZ as well as in the demarcation sector where, uh, yeah, that's where I mostly uh, operated, and. I was in a division that was apparently I didn't know too much when I was in there, obviously. But after I left and talked with some other people, military stuff, apparently it's a, a troublemaker in in regards to a lot of like significant cases happened in that you division. Mean like harassment and bullying. Uh, harassment, bullying, I, abuse. The three bigger ones I remember happened there. There was like a sergeant who had like a couple of days before. Uh, he was finished his military service. When you Similar say to one, ones, you mean like it came out of the media or? What yeah, yeah. I mean, there's tons that don't come out of the media, but there's 
I think the, some of the three bigger biggest ones that came in the media came from the division I was placed. Oh, so it didn't have a, it didn't have a good uh, <laughs> image oh. to say. And then two of them were kind of referenced in the DP zone. So that was like, oh shit, yeah, I know that. And one of them is when it starts off, you know how it starts off with like clips of you know president ex president Takane talking about you know oh fair yeah. yeah. Oh, you, we're gonna implement fair systems for the military. No more, you know, bullying. You know, we're gonna crack down on, you know, stuff like that. Which I, I mean, there has been a lot of progress. There definitely has been. Even when I first went in and the one I left, I was like, wow, a lot changed. But there, there's, wow. I mean, there's still work to be done. So I think that's what DP is cracking on. And I think the timeline is actually set, like similarly a, a one or one year like maybe after i went like just seeing on like their uniform and uh the cases they worked on uh-huh. you know how there was a case about how a sergeant with like only like 50 days left of service like ran away this is something <laughs> that you know is kind of really irregular because you're going to be finished with your service in like a month why go through the risk of being wanted forever in korea uh-huh. Wanted by the military police in forever in Korea and like desert when you're at like the last month of your service. And then there was uh-huh. actually a, a ser- sergeant that did that in my division. And then he, he was, I believe, in the GOP, which is that fence you see when they show you the Korea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Korea North and K- Korea relationship videos on like CNN and whatever. And he, so those guys are like fitted with grenades, you know, like I believe 120 rounds. Uh, you know, and whatnot, and then he deserted, and then like I know, I remember he killed some soldiers, like ROK, so our side, South Korean soldiers, and then that happened. I think they referenced that for one of those episodes where the the sergeant who ran away to like help his grandma. Yes, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. I think that's where he got the reference. So I'm like, oh, so they are referencing real events. They're just kind of like putting a more dramatic turn in it and that's not to downplay what actually happens because there's worse things cases that happened uh that wasn't in the dp thing wow usually you would think a fictional account would like exaggerate for dramatic effect but you're saying the reality was actually worse i mean no no i'm sure no okay so they took some of the more high profile ones i'm guessing and then you know dramatized it not i'm not saying they made it over exaggerating it but they just you know made it more you know, relatable in emotional terms, right? Well, you just said the the sergeant in real life um, killed some soldiers. Yeah, but they but, yeah but they made DP, it happy. They made it happy. Uh, exactly. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which isn't the case. Like it was which much isn't more, the case more gruesome. And then I remember I the the bigger biggest case I believe that was publicized in Korea was like early two thousands in a guard post with this which are these bases within the DMZ. So these are like the the platoons or squads that are literally like 300 meters away from North Korean soldiers. And then they're all just like staring down at each other. Yeah. And then the bigger case was where I believe it was like a private first class or something. And then he chucked the grenade into the, ha- into the barracks while everyone was sleeping. And then just like <laughs> literally almost wiped out his entire platoon. Some people died. Oh, no, most people died. Most people except died. like everyone except like three or five people died. My goodness. So that was like the biggest case. This is and, this but this is in your area? Oh, this is also the same division. And I was actually positioned like Where were positioned. you when this was happening? Like 
Oh, oh, I was like, I was in Brazil when this happened. Oh wait, what? No, this was in the early two thousands. Oh, this early the, these cases, these cases are spread out pretty. Oh, I see, wide. I see, I see, I see. Oh, the 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 what's the sergeant running away? That was when, that actually happened when I was there. Oh yes. And the <laughs> one of the other cases where where that really brought out the bullying. I mean, the all every case is kind of related to bullying or you know uh, shunning people. Or in extreme cases, like sexual harassment is also a thing, apparently. Uh, yeah. But one of the bigger deals was where they bullied this dude <coughs> so much that they like force fed him until he died or something. Mm-hmm. That was also from force fed food until yeah. he died. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That was, That's that was like, that could happen. I know. Well, That's people are, it's real. So it's, and I don't want to downplay it saying like, oh, the uh, the series is dramatized. You know, it's exaggerating. Oh, no, there's definitely worse cases. Um, it's dramatized in the sense that it, it helps you relate a little more, you know, brings it a little more personally, you know, showing not just the soldier side, but the families and effects it has to other people. But I also want to say it's a lot better than like... I heard because I can't say for sure because I'm not there anymore. But from what I hear, it's gotten a lot better. And right. Personally, what I, I personally the reasoning I think because for all the bullying or shunning in the military sense is you're going into an organization you're gonna be stuck with for two years, basically. Although they do take it plus and minus some months depending on the time uh and like this is where i like learned oh my god first impressions are so important because even when i was like a corporal or like, like a sergeant when a new recruit came in and this guy looked like so much trouble or this guy looked really you know kind of out of it like really in, in not unconfident about himself and like really like clumsy i'd be like oh man we're gonna have a tough time with them kind of thing so that this kind of image sticks and then it kind of you have to, a lot of these soldiers have to work to like move away from the image or prove themselves that they could be like a very you know effective part of the organization and whatnot and there are people who just like you know go with one thing the whole time like i remember there was like a dude who was just buff and like a complete you know gym jockey and he sucked at everything he did in the military like his like you know, you're assigned particular assignments, like you're, you're artilleryman or like you're a sniper or like you're part of the assault or reconnaissance team. And his game, his personal uh, stuff was really, the personal skills in his Ricard field was really probably one of the worst that I've seen. But he was so good with people and he was so good, you know, with like, like you know, helping people in the gym. <laughs> And he got there two years just because of like without any trouble, just because he was so good with like dealing with people and like helping them work out and stuff. Wait, when you say trouble, you mean like he no bullying? Even, yeah, even no one, oh, I see, I see. I see. It, like so, usually, if you're really bad at what you like the job you're given, it's, regardless of it's if it's bullying or not, they're going to criticize you and like make you, you know, do a little extra work so that you you know get into shape for what you have to do in case of a real battle happens. Like I. Gets yeah, that part, but a lot of times these tend to like kind of uh, like change badly into a form of bullying. Yeah, like I unnecessarily, mean, you know, hardships. 
Yeah. I mean, well, we saw in DP, maybe we should have mentioned this as well. Although, like, the series called Desert Police and follows the story of, like, uh, um, uh, a group within the the military that, like, tracks down deserters. It's all, it's really a tale about, like, the difficulties, the bullying, and the harassment of the people who oh, yeah, yeah. do it's, desert the army because they just got, they just got more so focused. much suffering and so much yeah, bullying. Yeah, it's focused more on bringing out the darker side of yeah. conscription. And it's a bigger deal in Korea because, you know, they're, like, all, every single male has to go through the process. I think the conscription rate is, like, like 97% now, so... Almost every single. I mean, ideally, they want to go for a hundred percent, right? I mean, yeah, but you're not gonna. But then you, know, you can't because there's some yeah. exemptions. Obviously, yeah. Ninety-eight percent, ninety-seven percent is really high. I, apparently, in like the seventies and eighties, it was like eighty percent or something. But because you know we, there aren't that many people being born as uh, back then, apparently the recruiting, uh, what do you call it? criteria oh. is somewhat somewhat lower to make sure they have a, a large enough pool to fit their quota for the rok army yeah it, which is still down than what it was before it was it was like six hundred thousand, but now it's like five hundred fifty thousand or something oh. so you're like literally every single person type of person you could think of has to go to this organization and there are people who are definitely not fit to go in maybe a physical sense in a mental sense or in like a family sense like they shouldn't they had to take care of their family but they they're forced to go in, in most cases they're exempted or they have special treatment where they get to like go home after their uh work time is over well, well as other well as other soldiers are you know forced to stay in those shitty barracks but i think the a lot of the issue stems from forcing these people who on most cases would never work together or who in most cases have never experienced this level of uh you know having organization where everyone has to contribute or something and a lot of people obviously don't want to go and when you put all these people together you're you know bound to have issues and it hi- dp highlights uh issues that come out from various organizations within the military and i think they chose a really good uh, squad to portray the to 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 for the perspective of the show. For, I didn't even know that something called the DP existed. Oh, you didn't? Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I thought I didn't know it was like a normal squad. So I didn't know either. I thought oh, it was no, pretty, no, no. I knew I knew there were uh, people who arrested deserters, but I didn't know it was by. So before I go on, I, sh- I should explain about like the Korean military structure. We called people who are conscripts in korea and then the people who are uh, i forget the term npos or npcs or something like not professional soldiers but who aren't officers are called Fusagwan, and then there's officers right so there's three different categories of uh soldiers the conscripts the 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 npo i believe they're called npos no no those those are non-profit organizations npcs <laughs> no problem <laughs> NGO, no, no, no. Let me look it up. I feel like I feel bad for like getting these names wrong. Pusagwan, what is that in English? It's something with the N. NCO. Oh, it's an NCO. Okay, okay, okay. It's a non-commissioned officer, right? So what? What are those? Those are people that are not um, paid. To be no. soldiers, but they're oh no no they they are paid they are paid 
they're, they're paid. The, I mean, even the drafted draft, soldiers. No, the drafted no, soldiers the, are paid like super minimal. Which yeah, is yeah. That DP like shows as well. Um, wait, so NPCs or NPOs are NPOs are, are the people who are drafted and but are more no the, NPOs are they're not drafted. They have they 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 choose they are full fully you know it's self what do you call it it's a choice they make for, I, I believe for to be i don't know the process how it is in america in the states and for you to be an office you have to go through some different training and obviously ncos can also go through the officer tra- officer route but it's oh man if i say this wrong it sounds like i'm really looking down at them but it's a lot more easier to be an nco than an officer in the long run oh yeah i think you you kind of mentioned this like in the last podcast right e, I you know. might have I might anyway have. Okay. point being so there's three different organizations three different type of soldiers in uh-huh. the korean army the conscripts that are just everyone's who everyone in korea that has to go through it mm-hmm. uh oh, oh by the way these people can also like i could have chosen if i wanted to be an nco or an officer except i would have to go into extra school so oh. I guess my choices were limited, but you have to choose to be one of three. You have to choose to be an officer or an NCO, but everyone has to be at least a conscript, a conscript right? Okay. And what I thought was I thought NCOs or like a special officer group were the ones in charge of you know capturing those deserters. I didn't know conscripts were capturing other conscripts when they ran away. So that was actually a really surprise for me. I was like, oh, shit, oh, so I didn't that's know real. that. That's yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I had to look at them. I was like, wow, is this real? But yeah, apparently it is a real organization. And I think this that allows for them to show different, uh, you know, perspectives of the different sectors of the organization and the military. Like, you know, they show like the, the, the you know, more techier people. They showed, it's just, it makes them more volatile than what they can show in, in results. Versatile? Yeah, versatile. In regards to what they could show regarding the issues, if they and, if they had if they if they were showing the DP squad, yeah, yeah, wow. Like if I if they showed someone from oh, like a from like a regular infantry brigade, all the issues are just gonna be focused on that one squad. While if you build it around a DP, you could show issues that happen in other squads. Right, right. It, I think yeah. which was uh, which was yeah, which I think the idea. Yeah, I mean, the idea of having the conscripts be the police as well one it's like they're kind of performing some sort of like judicial duty of like arresting their fellow comrades too it's like an interesting dynamic that you're not going to see commonly like other police forces and then having like the conscript also be the police as well i feel like there's like an element of empathy like because if their conscripts are also becoming sort of police, they are going through the same situation and they're witnessing all the different things yeah, that yeah. the soldiers are running away from. So like, it's almost like a, not even a criteria, but it's like an almost an inbuilt characteristic. If you have a conscript become a desert police to have more like empathy, and you see that in the show too. You see like the desert police is like understanding why these people deserted. At least that's something that the show highlights. I don't know if that's, that's like actually the case, but. Um, it seems that sounds like that's plausible to me. Like yeah, the is having more empathy. That's definitely more the case. I mean, a lot of people. I think it's very rare you would find someone going like, "Oh man, yeah, military was awesome." 
Like you kind of say it as a joke because like it's really it's a really simple life. You live in the military. You just kind of wake up when they tell you, eat when they tell you, do what they tell you. So you don't really have to think of what you want to do or what you have to do. So in that sense, it's really comfortable. Though there were times when I was like, oh man, life in the military was a lot more simpler. But yeah. overall, the experience is very stressful um, because you're put in a situation you would never really usually have to be in. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and at a pretty young age too. And most of these guys go when they're like 20 or I went pretty late and I went when I was 24. So, and I was like older than most of the, even the NCOs, NPO, oh, whatever. whatever. Older. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I was at the young. same age or, or, I mean, no, no, not most of them. Like the, the lower ranking NCOs, I would be at the same age or older because oh. these guys, uh, usually go up, apply into NCOs like pretty quickly when they're like 20. And yeah, so yeah. it's a tough situation, but, uh, some other things they did that did change when I was a corporal uh, was they started implementing these. What uh, are the rankings? So it's private, and then next is corporal. It's diff. I'm not sure if it's a one to one thing with the U.S. How military ranking system is done in the U.S. But conscripts go until sergeant, and apparently there's a bunch of different sergeant ranks. Like there's like sergeant general, sergeant something, something, like sergeant. Uh-huh. But, but right, but. That one stick, one line, when you first are one out star. of the tri- boot oh, camp, yeah. not one star, like one line. That one mm-hmm. line is okay. I, in Korean, but I guess it would be private. Private. Yeah. yeah. And then two lines would be Corporate. private first class. Oh, okay. And then three lines would be corporal. And then four, starting from four line, you're a sergeant. And sergeant. then, but then there's a whole bunch of different sergeants. Okay. Yeah. So most okay. Koreans would. Most of them would, you know, uh, finish their service with like maybe a couple months as a sergeant. Mm. I think I finished mine as like five months of, as a sergeant, and then I was like, "Yeah, I'm out of here." Uh, but right around the time when I went, which was around like early 2014, or, no, no, it was like 2013, late 2013, mm. uh, was when they started implementing these. Uh, anonymous mailboxes quote-unquote into bathroom stalls where you could write down like a uh bullying or a shunning thing like a harassment mm. act that you've you yourself uh, have been dealt or that you witnessed mm-hmm. and like they just kind of started it out of nowhere and a lot of the time at initially it was really everyone was really hesitant to use it because we were like, is this really going to be anonymous? You know, <laughs> can't people just go in and then kind of figure it out? And then I'll just get, re- you know, you know, uh, I'll just get viewed as a tattletale or like a weak person. And this, oh, this wow. actually did come up a lot. But towards the end of when I, and this is going to differ from every base. Every base is really different. Every base is, you know, dynamic. Their culture is very different. Uh personally my experience overall has been very fair like i didn't like i i was hit but it wasn't like to an excessive amount but was, was it just... for because it's like um you did something wrong like, was oh there, no like, no this one dude really, this, or was there was like, a irrational the, no the most of the element of discipline you don't really even have to hit them you just they're like that's kind of dumb you're why would you hit another grown man when you yourself were in the same shoes but it was mostly about you know making them do the process of, again if they got something wrong or like you know 
like let's say you're in like a rifling squad and they didn't put the safety on you would make sure they do they you know make sure to they recall that process in the future by making them repeatedly do that process for like an hour which could be also uh seen as bullying but in at least they would you know remember to do that next time is there oh so that's what you went through that's that's oh no i got i got hit because this dude didn't like me either (laughs) like i remember he called me he just slapped me in the face and then i was like what the fuck he and called then, you and he just slapped so he wasn't yeah, yeah. like he said he's, he wasn't like oh you did this wrong and yeah yeah, yeah. he was just then, like he just hit you they're they're like and then they always give a reason but to the person getting hit or who getting screamed at it's usually it's just, really rational it's yeah it's really rational you're just like what that's what you could have just told me or you could i guess I, I don't know i'm really conflicted on what to say on this but point being, uh, yeah, by the time yeah by the time I was about finished with my service, the the anonymous letter thing did kind of catch traction. Oh, <laughs> there were people. I remember there was like a like a corporal that was stealing, not I mean, quote unquote borrowing, but never paying back uh, some private first classes money, and he borrowed like a couple hundred dollars, and we get paid like we got paid like. Fifty dollars a month. So this guy took like three months worth of three or four months worth of this dude's salary, right? And at least in military salary, and never paid back. And the most of us didn't know because it wasn't within his own squad. And like, unless someone from his squad like called him out on it, like most other squads wouldn't know because you don't, you know, see them like on a twenty-four basis. Like they're usually off doing their own, whatever their squad duties are. And then I believe like uh. Like a, uh, like a sergeant who was like a month away from being discharged, figured it out. He didn't know either because you know he's kind of like done with the whole military things. He doesn't really care about what's happening to his squad. And then, but he figured it out, and then he actually used that uh, anonymous letter thing and read it out. Like everyone who was in on that whole like you know taking money from, uh, like read it out as a bad term and reported uh, <laughs> that whole borrowing stealing. I'll just call it stealing stealing money thing. And I remember like six different people just like went to military jail, which is where those uh, DP people are, the 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 Hambyeong military police jail. And I yeah, remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those there, there were those cases. I mean, is there it were really cases... the criteria in, in in the DP. They said a criteria for being a military police. You have to be like, what is it, one hundred seventy-five centimeters tall? At least? I don't know. That's that's a kind of. I mean, that's partially true. Um, for JSA, this for is JSA. where. That's where Pan Munjeon is. It's where you know North Kim Jong Un and, and Mr. Uh, not Mr. President Moon Jae In like shook hands a couple oh, years yeah. ago. Okay. That's where the JSA is, uh-huh. and that's where the UN soldiers are as well. Uh-huh. Then, and then so in that place because you know it's more of a show offy place. Like you have uh-huh. not just to uh maybe it's, I guess the general public, but to North Korea you have to show you kind of have to show oh yeah south korea is better kind of thing it's kind of like a weird dick measuring contest they do come strip <laughs> only people who are taller than like 180 centimeters so that oh, they could wow. just power over the much more shoulder shorter north koreans wow so this was actually like... a thing um the military police thing i don't think so i don't know i i didn't really remember i was technically military police when i was in the dmz but i guess that was for a different reason but yeah it's I not see. that important but there yeah, are I some re- there there are some really weird standards for why people get placed into certain <laughs> occupations. So you're just when like, you say what? weird, do you mean like not rational or yeah, not un- irrational standards? 
but are these like codified or is it someone like one person just saying like you know what fuck it you're gonna be here just because the guy feels that way there is, is a, it is codified but okay. uh, i mean there are cases where it's just like fuck it whatever you're gonna be here oh they go, they, well, they go yeah, one of the reasons why i was stationed in the gp and like a base within a gp was because they were like who wants to go into the gp and i thought it sounded cool so i, was, I just raised my hand i was like oh me and it's like, okay, you, you get to go to the DMZ. And I was like, okay, yay. And that was like <laughs> then, your fate for the rest of like... No, no, that was like my fate for like a year. And then I came back <laughs> to my original squad and then mm. did my original job. But, but you know what you're saying. Ran- yeah, that's how random some of these things are. I was just like, I don't even know what the fuck this is, but I want to try going to DMZ, <laughs> you know? Interesting. Yeah, so some of these stuff are really like, do they kind of put a lot of think- thought into this? But... Mm. When you went I mean, the corporal and the uh, people who were involved in that borrow, um, I say borrow is just, just stealing. stealing. It's just it's just stealing, yeah. Yeah. Um, how long were they in the jail for? Because they because uh, they can't. I'm thinking like if your military service is two years, can they stay longer than two years? No, no. Jail? It depends. Probably it never. really depends on the, uh, the the, the severity of your crime. So if you so like literally stopped. like kill someone or you know, sexually harass someone, it goes into a much deep, much bigger, but the, like, military But did the trial. military then, then try that person, or does it become a, a civil, like, a country case, like, outside? Of uh, the no, it's, it's, no, it's all it's, uh, for the stealing case? No, 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 just in general, you said harassing, if it's, like, it gets that serious. If it's that serious, it, it's usually still within the military jurisdiction for trial. Wow, yeah. interesting. interesting. But then if it gets really big, the... You know, the family well, of the victims would, you know, try to, like, request for a... By the government. Yeah, the governmental trial, but the military How, so usually some, just kind of denies it. If there was, like, sexual harassment, sexual assault, like, what would typically be the sentence for it? Let's say if someone raped somebody else in the military. Do you know? Yeah, I really don't know because I never really witnessed it myself. I wonder, I, yeah. I'd be curious the, to see what the, the difference of a punishment would be across the military for the same action. It's really that. different for each... Uh, I, mean, I told you there are three different types of soldiers. It's really different for each type of soldier. Really? Like, what? Punishments the punishment for, is different? For yeah, yeah, the punishments for the conscripts what? in general are much le- more lenient in a sense. Even if it's the same act. I, okay, I can't really... You can't quote... You shouldn't quote me on this, but that's <laughs> the general perception of the soldiers. I mean, if that, that, that is true. That is, that is messed up, I think. You literally... Is it... Yeah, isn't and, it messed up in a way? You're all of legal adult age. And yeah, it's weird, man. You have like that stealing thing. That that's stealing thing. Yeah, you know, like so that stealing thing. You know, technically, he's still he's a he abused his power and he stole a couple hundred bucks, right? But he was only in military like jail for like I think like a week or something. It wasn't even that long. <laughs> I was like, I was he just, should stay at least four months or three months or however long. Yeah, it was like, like a week. That's very little. Did he, and, have oh, also, he have to pay the, he oh, yeah, to pay yeah. money back? Yeah, he had okay, to pay okay. back, yeah. Obviously, that's a given. Also, I should mention, uh, your crimes in the military aren't recorded in your general public you know, record. Interesting. So, like, if you go to get a job and you commit all of these... Like, yeah, they won't know. Like, I could have beaten up my subordinate wow. like, on a daily basis for a year. Dude. And even if I went to the military police, I wouldn't, th- it wouldn't have come up on record. But if you go there three times... It does become a recorded crime. I, from what, do you mean what three I times? if you go to the military jail three times, yeah, but even if, oh, okay. if you get the full sentence for a military jail three times, you get like a quote unquote, you know, a red line on your 
full sentence? What do you yeah. mean? Do you have so, to get a full sentence three times to get a mark on your record? Yeah, I don't know personally, but that's what I heard. Because I never went to military jail. But what I heard was you full sentence is about 15 days. So that's you a go full to, sentence. Yeah, exactly. So it's not that big. Wait, no, is that the longest guys, sentence? No, no I'm, there's definitely more like longer sentences where like major crimes like sexual assault, like, you know, uh, harassment. Please don't tell me it's like just 30 days. Murder. That's crazy. But, no, 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 no. It's probably much bigger because if it's that case, you go to a much larger uh, military trial. Like and even then, in military trials, there's like different scopes or like and things like general, you know, I, I mean, I hate to say call this like a minor, but like, a, you know, just beating up someone or like which a is more minor than something else maybe yeah it's much more minor than killing someone i guess right right so yeah. but these would technically be within like the you know 15 day period thing i think wow it's very it's not long it's not long yeah it's not long it's really not that long so 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 if you spend 15 days so you say you know it takes i don't know how many days you serve in the military but if you spend days in jail does that count like no, no, no. It your, gets added. No, it gets, it gets added. added so you have to spend more days. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah at least, that's, that's, at least that's there. Yeah. Otherwise, no, but some of these stupid. things are really stupid. I remember this one dude had a cell phone and got caught with it. Oh, we, oh nowadays cell phones are out, but when I was there, cell phones yeah, weren't allowed, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, but the cell phone thing really helped with the harassment apparently because people are busy playing like you know cell phone games or like chatting with their girlfriends. It's a much more healthier environment just by implementing the cell phone. I have no idea. Why what the was the idea was behind so not healthy. doing it? Well, it's it. it's for security reasons. Like you know, oh, a lot of we have no access sense. to a lot of stuff. So it does make sense. It does but make sense. I see. From a you know the health <laughs> mental health of a lot of these concerts, it really helps to be connected. Yeah, to the I mean, it's, world. it's really it's so many so much like prison. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you, one of the reasons you bully someone is because you're really bored a lot of the times in there. Well, that's also just a very unflattering picture of people. That when is unflattering. Yeah, when you get bored, you beat up people, and that's just no, no, it's not it's not even the beat up. Like, you know, just like make them do like busy work. Like, they, like, so so here's a here's a topic I did want to go through, you know, regarding DP as well. So DP explored what happens in the military, that's and all the kinds of harassment, what kind of harassment, what kind of bullying, what kind of abuse, um, that somebody can go through in the military. Maybe that was maybe it's better now, but. but for it was like pretty bad too um but i think it also explores like why someone does this you know in like the final episode it's the guy who is just who's this this is one of like the, um um the climaxes of the dp netflix series is there's this like really calm dude he was super kind but he was really oh, constantly oh, the, the, the... yeah Pongdi, yeah, Pongdi yeah, yeah 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 and you know he just loses it now it becomes really aggressive and really angry really violent so we at, a, at some point you know the guy that he um Spoiler alert: The guy that uh, was bullying him now finally gets discharged from discharged from the army. But the guy that was bullied called him Pongdi, um, and they called him Pongdi because it's after Gandhi because he was that peaceful. Um, he deserts the police, uh, deserts the military, um, goes find this guy and just wants to kill him. Um, but in one of the heated moments when the guy finally like confronts and finds a guy, kidnaps the guy that was bullying him. He like asks, like, I just want to understand, like, why? Why did you do this? Um, and then I think he, this is, I think, one of the questions that DP kind of explores and just the ridiculousness of the reason. Um, I think the guy said, like, because because that's always been the case. But be, oh, he thought it was going to be okay. He thought it was okay for me to do that. Yeah, um, I think that really so, kind of does happen. Like, Yeah, so to me, that indicated, like, 
because not he thought it was okay maybe because it has always been the case and it's just like the force of authority of the tradition in the military yeah there is, is a... why is why that's how i interpret it that's why this sort of like abuse and harassment happened the but that concept also... for you know superior officers or superior you know soldier you know being able to force a lot of your their underlings to you know do unfavorable things and it being kind of shoved off you know shoved aside even when it's reported it's been going on for a long time and i'm sure it's not something limited to just the korean army so Uh, yeah so i wanted to ask you as well you were in there you you're already kind of like giving me reasons as well but why do you think like that sort of thing happens in the military and like continue to happen personally when i was there i didn't think about it too much like it's i think like when I look back to it, yeah. like I remember the whole reason I brought up the whole first impression thing yeah. is because this is probably a really unhealthy way to think of it, but like you're when you're in a group, I it's maybe it may be a personal thing, but I always feel like there's always going to be a leader, be it a good one, good one or a bad bad one. There's always going to be mm. some person who leads uh the group and they may be a shit motherfucker like the guy who comes out in the DP series, yeah, the, yeah. The, the sergeant, or they could be a funny person like the in the DP squad, the individual squad, corporal, you know, corporal guy. Yeah, there's guys like that too. Um, there there are more benevolent people like the 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 Pungdi. Yeah. Uh, but that they really dictate the atmosphere of the group and what they kind of set up. Their successors actually kind of end up falling out in most of the cases because the, oh. because the people they keep close to them would be people similar to them or the people who you know allow their actions to you know go through like how the court like the the, the sergeant kept beating up Pundi and all the other guys and then immediately after he you know uh left like that other some other guys you know was like you know sexually harassing Pundi and Pundi actually you know kind of snapped and then beat him up with this help in, in that case so right. these these things do build up and the reason I mentioned first impression thing is because you really stick with that first impression. And what, like, as I mentioned in a group, if there's a leader, there's always going to be the weakest person in a group. Mm-hmm. And everyone doesn't want to be the weakest. Nobody wants to be the weakest, right? And then, so when you get marked as the weakest person, I feel like a lot of times, like, people gravitate to, you know, kind of yeah gravitate to strength and then kind of lean like shun the weaker person and then that keeps that person always alone and more feasible to bullying but since you're grouped with the strong people you're you know you feel like you're allowed or you're at least you're forgiven to do such an act and i think that's how a lot of dynamics worked in the military even when i saw like i mean there are cases where these when i first thought wow this guy is gonna be have such a trouble adjusting but he ended up doing like probably one of the best you know things i've seen like he was really friendly with the ncos the officers he was really good at his job and like everyone like you know was like oh wow we kind of jumped into early but there are people who you know kind of look frail and act different the whole concept in the military is you don't want to stand out too much like there is a balance of standing out of you know trying to kind of like an office where you kind of show that you're doing a good job. But there's also the fact of if you stand out too much, you are going to attract more attention and these attention can be a lot of times negative. 
Yeah, I think the dynamic is the difference between, you know, once you get in that leader position or within that group that the leader leads, you feel more authority and they tend to go to the, you know, definitely the weaker links. They don't, if you're like, quote unquote, like a normal guy, you just do your job, you don't really care. They don't bully those people. They bully the people who stand out. They bully the people who, you know, physically look weaker than them. You know, and you think that's like that. just human nature, just taking over there. I, I, after I thought a couple times, I think that's what it comes down to. Even in like the business field, I sometimes see it. I feel like, yeah, not to the extreme extent of like the military, but at least in the military, that's how I've seen a lot of things. Yeah, it's really determined. It's really dependent on how the leader sets the atmosphere of the group. Yeah, I mean, I think another point you're touching on is like power corrupts. Our power unveils a little bit more of the true nature, um, and I guess that's yeah, it's, yeah, that's yeah, true. It's kind of what's happening. Um, I guess that's part of the description that um, you're you laying know, you out. Know, Have you heard of the of the Milgram experiment? Yeah, yeah. The, You've heard of like where like electric shocking like one. Yeah, yeah. So there was yeah, um, yeah, there was I a study, I think at Yale University, um, and it was inspired by. Uh, the horrific events in World War II with the Holocaust, um, and just to try to understand if like people would do horrific things if they're just told to do that. Yeah, um, that's kind. Of, that's that does happen a lot. I feel. Yeah, like. you, you see and, that happening a lot too. Yeah, yeah. To just to give more context of the Milgram experiment, um, just people were brought in. Um, people were told, "Hey, increase this electric." They were told to like press a button that's going to deliver electric shock to somebody else. They didn't see that somebody else. But they would hear, I think, screams, uh, but they would never uh, see that person. The people who were screaming were like actors. They weren't like actually being shocked. But when they were told to like continue to increase electric shock, they, a lot of the majority of the people kept increasing it, even though the screams were getting like louder and louder and louder. So the experiment like shows that people just really, um, when it comes to like conscience and like authority, yeah. people might defer to authority. Yeah, at the expense of the conscience and, and, and ethics. And that just seems to be a big part of human nature. And that's when you're describing your tale of like, you know, whoever the leader is, and then, you know, they're, they're powerful. They prey on the weak too. That but might just there, be... The other side of the too. argument is like, you know, how, it's kind of the one we've been talking about is talking about how when they get to a place of authority, they kind of show the true colors. Like, oh, they may have been nice, but once they get power, they, you know, end up being bullies, right? Right. But like in the DP, there was like a scene where the Pongdi guy, yeah. uh, you know, was like beating up, not yeah, beating he, up, he, I guess he, was, he was like disciplining, quote unquote, uh, physically yeah. disciplining excessively the the, yeah. the new newer recruits. He right? was bullying them, yeah. Yeah. So this does happen, like, because of the you know atmosphere the leaders set, even if the dude's a really kind dude, like they do sometimes end up being a lot more meaner. And there is also there it touches on this a lot too. Like every single victim you see that got beat up was like it's always been that way. You know we suffered more. Why don't they have to suffer? And this is always like this mentality that happens oh, in yeah, the military. It's like it's like if I got hit so much. But the environment of the whole military got so much better, and these guys aren't getting hit. Like there is a sense of, you know, like feeling, unjust. Oh, it's unjust. Like I, I wow, felt that too. Like I remember getting, like called out in the really? middle of the night. Yeah, they, they. Oh. I remember this one motherfucker just took out all my clothes and threw it in like water, 
And then because I did something so wrong, and then like, it wasn't just me; it was like the entire barrack. He just pulled out everyone's clothes, threw it on the ground, and just got a whole bunch of water and just like splashed water all over it for no fucking reason. We were just like, "What the fuck happened?" And then these things happened. But then after the environment changed, none of these would happen. And then there was a sense within me as well, like, "Oh my god, this is so unfair. Why did it's I have so to go weird. through all this shit?" It's like it's like misplaced vindictive justice. Yeah, it is. But and oh, if no. you do know, like everyone who's been through knows that. It's much better now. Like, they would rather have it, you know, much more peaceful, much more effective and healthier than what they personally went through. Even if they may feel a little unjust or a little unfair that they got this mistreatment and no one was punished in in sense. But it's much better to do it now than never. Um, that feeling exists, but that's the same way, that feeling just, of vindictiveness does. In your come store, up. you kind of like gave a tale about abuse and just people who face abuse in general. Yeah, like when when somebody faces abuse, they they're so ogure, they're so like resentful, and it be, and they take out that anger and resentment to others because they may feel like they want to get some vindication. Right, right. So, but they do it like, not to the person that exactly because it, even else. in the military, it's even it's literally set up that way because the person who did it to them. Has left the military, <laughs> and literally, you're now at the power position where they were, and all of you've learned, all of you've suffered from them. You just have this like pent up shit in you, and it's yeah. really, it's really about how it's really dependent on what friends you have and what type of leader you had. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's a really it's, this is the only good reason, good thing I feel like I've uh, learned from the military is if I just kind of learn more about dealing with people or dealing with personal stress a little better in a healthier manner, I guess. But it, it is really stressful. A lot yeah, of or you have a lot of like pent up shit that... No, oh yeah, you, you get a lot of pent up shit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There is a lot okay. of pent up shit. Yeah. That's all very unfortunate. I mean, but it's good that it's getting better. Yeah, it's um, getting much better. I'm so... Like, so there are people... Like who go around like, oh, back in my days, you know, you know, our, our this army isn't even an army anymore. Can they even fight anymore? But that's bullshit. Like honestly, when it comes down to actually doing your job, these guys are just as capable as the people before. Yeah, uh, it's it's just this mentality of, you know, how there are people who kind of show off like, oh, I've I've had it worse. You know, when kids go like, you know, oh, my mom used to hit me. You go like, oh yeah, my mom hit me with the fry pan. My mom You're hit right. me with the, you know, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah. Is that mentality just grown up? There, there's <laughs> it's still there. So it's always interesting to see, and I I understand it, and I feel it sometimes too. Yeah, but, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Which uh, we never grew up really. We yeah. Just change. We just change. Yeah, we how just we show it. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely that's definitely true. <laughs> yeah, it's just a reflection of that. Okay, so well, you yeah, s- yeah. You said yeah, you have to go to. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I have to watch you talk about. Yeah. No, yeah. After I watched, how, how did, you, did you enjoy the show? At least I thought it was actually pretty good. I like that it was six episodes. Do you remember Taxi Driver? Um, that show. Oh thought, yeah, that, that was, was way long. too long. That was yeah. way too long because that's what kind of that's kind of the formula the DP did. They will show different types of deserting, which is what Taxi Driver did. Taxi Driver show like different types of like injustices. Yeah. Yeah. It was way too many types. Um, so DP, I thought by keeping it short, it showed a good range, I um, that too. and it show it had like um, uh, a kind of a common thread across all the episodes where it climaxed with Pongdi, um, really just losing it and snapping, and just he was going through way too much. Oh, um, you know, there was a moment when my mom kind of 
my mom and dad kind of like oh, you guys teared watch, up. You guys watch got, it as a family? Yeah, yeah, we watched oh. it together. And they got they got teary. It's because you know there's a scene where uh, the two main characters, uh, yeah, Hanoyard and Anjuno. whatever Anjuno were like. Uh, you know, we, it's we could change it. We could change it. We could change the system, right? Mm. Right. And then he goes like, and he doesn't say no. He can't. He literally starts off with, "Do you know what number is written on my water bottle?" Like, there's a military. Oh, the canister. Military, yeah, yeah, canister. 1953. Okay. And then I remember I t- I told my mom because I was so shocked because mine was 1952, <laughs> right? Ooh. When I first went, and I was like, "Mom, this is from the Korean War." <laughs> And she thought I was joking. And then when she saw that, she was like, oh my God, you weren't joking. What are and those canisters? It, what is it? No, that's water? where you store water. Yeah. It's it stored like a liter of water in like a really efficient way. So it like was, was made in 1952? Yeah. And they just refurbish it. But like the etching in there is still the number when it was initially made. So apparently like because they refurbished it, it's good as new. But who the fuck feels good drinking out of something made out of 1952? 1952. That tastes like rust. I mean, you in know? a way, I guess it could be historic, but, so, but yeah, your it, parents teared up in that moment? No, no, no. My, my parents teared up throughout the whole thing because they were like, oh my God, did you go through this too? But I was like, no, no, I had a pretty oh. peaceful time. My, 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 my leaders were actually pretty good. Oh. And I was really good at sucking up to the officers and NCOs. So, you know. Yeah. Up. Yeah, so, yeah, it's really stressful. Like, it's such a org- large organization and there, it's with the, such a clear motive that it's really hard to change, change it, you know. And you know, a lot motive. of. What do you mean, clear motive? Like it has to be disciplined to make. They have to follow orders in order to, you know, defend the country. Like or, military as a organization. Oh, okay. A very, okay. Yeah, there's a motive. So discipline yeah. and authority are key factors within that organization. That's so really kind of intrinsic can, to it. Can't be. Yeah, that really can't be changed. But due to this, there there's also so many divergence and bad, you know issues that come from those key factors and it's really hard to change and a lot of the times it's really stressful when you're inside the system and you always see these dramas about oh we can change it oh stand up to the system fuck that you can't stand up it's really hard to stand up to a system when you're inside it man for sure it's, yeah yes, for sure. really hard yeah and you saw you did, there were some moments like that when when uh he pointy said to anjuno and han is like Hey, why didn't you guys do anything about it? And it, he was like, really, he was not just pissed at um, uh, the sergeant that was bullying him, but then when they arrested him, he was like pissed at like, yeah, I'm the one that was bullied, and you guys didn't do anything, and I'm being arrested. Like, you, you can just hear the sense of like wrongness, like how how wrong he yeah. felt. Um, Dude, the guy's then, a really good actor, the Pongdi guy. <laughs> I gotta say, Pongdi was good. Um, yeah, he was good. When Anjuno cried and he wailed as well, that was that was pretty emotional yeah. for me. Um, but yeah, when Hanuir when 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 he was when um, when Hanuir came to try to stop Pongdi from shooting the sergeant, and then Pongdi said like, "But you didn't do anything." Um, that that was just like a very like wow yeah that is so true. Yeah, just I'm sure it's really like, hard to do. It's something. you just it just leaves you speechless. I I bet Hanuri was like and speechless in a way. It, the thing is, is you everyone experiences it differently. Like, I mean, you can't downplay getting bullied or anything, but some people, I hate to say tolerance, but yeah, yeah, it's true. Some it, people like even if two people whatever. get bullied by the same like sergeant for like two years straight, depending on how they take it or how they you know receive you know yeah. their stress and I'll, I'll, I'll like stress. it's yeah. really different so you can't sometimes you don't even feel like oh they need my help because you're like 
Yeah, I took it. I mean, I mean, it's gonna it suck, but he's gonna. It's not gonna be too much of an issue, but it ends up being a much more bigger issue for them. And a lot of times, you can't make this one-on-one reference where it's really hard to know if do they need my help or just by me stepping in is it making the situation worse? There's a lot of yeah thought that goes into whenever you want to take action. On yeah, I mean, people who say like, yeah, you should just stood up in the system. I think that's too that's simplifying it way too much. That's, and there's so, so many things going on. Human psychology factors uh uh if you're like if you're surrounded in a world that's like that's the norm that's definitely yeah, gonna it's... be hard to like also yeah. depend a little bit and also just look at the milgram experience just normal people just walk in and there's no pressure on them except somebody just telling them increase the shock increase the shock level and the majority of the people do it oh um, yeah and it's literally that though it's milk Korean military is just the Milgram project. In, that's what I, you know. I mean. That's what I thought DP was. It was just a variation of the Milgram experiment. Yeah, because like, you literally get every single male between the age of 20 and 36, put them in a group, and then do your job, right? And then some of these jobs, like, literally ask, I was really asked to go, like, you know, discipline your, like, you know, soldiers, man. Like, because I was kind of like hands free kind of guy. So in, I, I may have been a bad, I'm probably, I was probably not that good of a leader, too. But. Like I, I had occasions where like officers or NCOs would come up to me and go like, you know, dude, you gotta discipline your, not just my platoon, but like generally people who were ranked under me. And then I was like, fuck, okay, I gotta at least pretend that I'm doing it. I just like summoned everyone who was like below me and like scolded them for for doing something know. wrong or just for no reason. Yeah, for doing something wrong. Oh, okay. or, or like, uh, it's usually at least there is some you know sense to why they do it. They, they cite a reason, at least. Yeah, they cite a reason. But it, and then it just kind of bulges into some just big blob of things yeah. you just hate about what they're doing. Like, why isn't your clothes folded? Why is your shoes dirty? And the, and the initial reason you brought them together was like, you know, the gun the, the gun storage, whatever, wasn't locked. I and mean, that's a really big issue because someone could take the gun and, you know, shoot people with it. But, but yeah. And then you start nitpicking everything else and it just kind of, miss, you you lose the message. But yeah well yeah that, you know what you they do, say yeah the problem to solving something is first to be aware of the problem i don't know if that's what they say but i feel like being at least aware is probably like a minimum step to taking a step forward and i mean i guess that's also what's helping with the military situation right now too yeah. so with anonymous so, mailbox like you raise awareness as well so i think the cell phone is really good i mean and one of the things the cell phone did was also kind of bring to light a lot of the uh unfairness that happens within the military like people would take pictures of you know exactly type, yeah, that's yeah. What I was thinking. so that actually happened that that helped a lot it's it's funny it's how the real... there's no cctv in the military but there's cctv everywhere else but now the cell phones now serve as like the cctv in a way yeah there's it's... no cctv in the military huh there's no films or there is there is there it's is just okay. not too open to the public it's for the military you know Interesting. Everything in the phones, military is for the military. But the cell phones, you can now make those pictures public. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually, I'm actually really curious of what happens if you get caught. Like, because technically they could just cite, oh, that's military secret. Or like, you know, maybe they took a picture of someone and then in the background, there was like a roster of the soldiers and you're like, oh, you just divulged secrets, you know? So I feel like there's mm. a lot of gray area in that as well. But I, I think it's, I think it's still progress in the, in the whole scope of things. Yeah, that's good. Cool. All right. Well, we're at the top of the hour. Um, 
dude, thanks for sharing your story and your perspective on this. Um, yeah, man, I wonder how much my military experience would have changed if we went together. If we went, if you and I went together to the military, yeah, if we actually went to Hebyeongdae like we once said. What do you think? Wait, what, how, how, in a sentence, how would you, how do you think? You know, the there? biggest thought I had, well, I thought about this a couple of times when I was in the military. I don't, for some reason, I thought about that one moment when we were like, yeah, let's go to Hebyeongdae together when we get old, right? Which is the Korean Marines, I, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I thought about it. And I was like, oh my God, if I came with you, there was a part of me that was like, would I have just abandoned this guy? Because I feel like you would have, you know, stood up to a lot of the, you know, like orders or authority that you deemed unfair. And a lot of them are unfair. So the, you would be right to stand up to it. But would I be able to bear that burden? Because the issue that happens when you enter the military together. Oh, there is a program where you can enter with a friend, by the way. Uh, but, okay, yeah so if one of them that. gets in one if one of them gets into trouble oh. like you have to change military bases too along with them so it's really <laughs> so i was like oh my god if i did this with you it could have been really fun but it could have been really stressful as well yeah i yeah. probably if i knew you were doing that i probably i think i would have like calmed down a little bit because my actions would then probably hurt you too i mean i, I don't know I feel like I, I, I think there's a good chance I would have been broken as well. Um, oh, yeah, you do break a bit. There yeah, is a part of you that's if, like, if you do that, that yeah. gives up. <laughs> if, 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 not, if not because I break because like maybe like I retaliate and then I just beat, get bit, beating the shit out of or or the other other side of it is I don't do anything and the guilt just eats me up. And then you just get like a harder glimpse of yourself and go like, wow, I saw all this shit go down and I didn't do anything. That yeah. Might also be something that eats away yeah. at me too. Yeah. Man, you know, that's last note. This is completely off tangent, but there's like traditions for each military base. Obviously, that's different. Uh, and at least where near my area, the general tradition was like, uh, when you, on the last day before you leave the military, mm-hmm. the sergeants, you know, apologize generally because they're most of them, even I apologize because I was like kind of rude or made them do like, you know, pointless work sometimes when I felt like they were just like lounging around. So, so, uh, so these sergeants would like apologize to their squad and then to people in general or like thank them or like, you know, be, you know, be healthy, don't get hurt, you know, and just make jokes all around. And then uh, what the tradition was, was they would just like in my squad, in my uh, company at least was like, they would, one of the squad members would just like knock them to the ground, cover them with some blankets and everyone who was pissed at them would beat the shit out of that person under the blanket okay. for like a full couple minutes. Mm-hmm. And usually it's kind of like, you know, playful hitting on the thighs or the back. And you're usually in a fetal position, so you don't really get hurt. But I remember when I was like a private, there was like this sergeant that was really, like really, really, really mean. And he it was just a horrible person, at least in the military. He may be a different person outside. I, I can't be the judge of that. But I remember mm. the private for classes the corporals that got bullied by him they had so much anger and i could see that that sergeant was so afraid to do this whole process that this tradition because dude these guys were beating the hell out of him and he literally limped out of the base the next morning because he couldn't walk properly after that beating i mean that's you call that tradition and some people call that karma <laughs> yeah, yeah no, no yeah it's karma it's it's literally they do it literally yeah, for karma. tradition enabling karma yeah yeah but it's i thought that was pretty funny yeah yeah I mean, I think there's some truth and maybe some validity to that tradition. Like your tenure during this time is 
somehow going to be assessed. Um, yeah, yeah, there is. There, Even if, though, there's, if there's an element of that too, maybe there will be more accountability for like the sergeants to like treat their squads better. Even um, like the officers and the NCOs just like you know close the door when this event happens. So like, yeah, I didn't see anything. If something goes wrong, kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah, but you know the worst of the worst. I realize even aside from the beating is the shunning. Like there is some sergeants that are such such horrible people that you don't even want to like do that. And I remember the whole company just didn't even acknowledge that he was you know going to be you know finishing his duty. And then they just like ignored him for like the whole day. Even in the morning, he just like left without any salute. And I was like, oh my God, that's cold too. So I was like, but was he a bad sergeant? He was a really bad sergeant. He was really okay, bad. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, he wasn't bad also yeah, in the sense yeah. that he was really bad at his job as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Stories I thought that was for days. Funny. You could be yeah. telling your children about these stories, huh? No, hopefully my children don't have to go. Oh, really? Wow. I would rather that they means, not go. That means the war ends. Or, or you, or you, yeah, uh, or I have daughters, yeah. Or your daughters, or your <laughs> yeah. children are born outside. Yeah, yeah, just uh, born outside Korea. Yeah. Hopefully, it's the you know the war is over. I think. That, yeah, that I think be that's the best, best scenario. scenario. <laughs> yeah, man, when that day comes, it will be one. If it comes, I mean, if it comes to, I think it'll come. Think it'll At come. least in my lifetime, which is your lifetime. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully that means both of our lives are long. I think I live to 120. You're doing a lot of like linking with you and me. Like you're like in the military, if you were, went to the same program as me and like you had to shift around our lifetimes being similar. Oh no. Cause you're such I'm a, I mean, oh yeah, you should be, you should be. Yeah. <laughs> you're such <laughs> an anomaly in my, you know, general pool of people that I hang out with. Dude, what are you talking about? You have a lot of anomalies in your, your friend. Pool. No, but. Like you're, I, I don't know why I have this sense that you're like the go-to, yeah, rise against the system guy. I think all my friends would be generally would be like, yeah, you know what, just deal with it, just go with the flow. But you're, in that really? sense, I at least I feel like you oh, are. Oh, I got that from you, dude. So partially from you. So maybe whatever, hope, whatever you see in me. Yeah, maybe, maybe I hope that you would be that kind of person, because yeah. I couldn't be that person in the military as I thought I would be. Maybe that's. We'll never I know. We'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know. Well, actually, no. You, 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 you still, still have like go. seven years. Yeah, you can still go, man. I think they're extending the years to like forty-two. So no, man. You still going. have a lot of time to go. I have my green card now. There's no, there's no like. I, I don't hey, you never know, pleasure. man. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> going at this age, I, I feel like, I feel like the older you go, the more likely you'll get bullied. But I guess that's oh, offset no, 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 by no, the military actually, getting no. better. No, no, no. The older you go, the less they touch you. <laughs> really. No, because like the whole age thing is still a really big factor in Korean society. So they don't really bully people that are too much older. I remember there was like a 28-year-old guy and everyone's like 20 and 21, right? So uh-huh. they were like, yeah, we, they, even like the really big bullies weren't really that harsh to him in a sense. So yeah. if you go now, you won't get bullied too much. Don't worry. <laughs> You're like, you really think there might be chance I go, huh? Oh, <laughs> uh, it would be interesting. I would love to hear that. I would go just for the entertainment, John. I would go just for that. Um, I was kidding. But, uh, well, we're at the top of the hour. I think we're a little bit over. And yeah. maybe your your mom needs some help. So, happy Chuseok, dude. Um, 
You too. Although don't. I don't, you, you're not really celebrating. I'm guessing, but at least call your family. I think I'm gonna eat some. Yeah, I'm, I called my mom, but I'll call her again. Um, I'll probably eat some chong Nice, um, nice. But yeah, sounds good, dude. Happy Chuseok. Say hello to the family. All right, you too, man. All right, bye. See ya.